All right, welcome to Preternatural, a podcast where we're going to be talking about UFOs, cryptids, myths, legends, and the truth behind some of our more common held beliefs in society. I am Jake, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Tristan. All right, so uh, our first one, we're actually going to be doing it on a little bit of a favorite. We're going to be doing on puck wedgies. Yeah, I I love puck wedgies. I've done so much research on them, and I've listened to a lot of other podcasts and looked at a, a lot of stuff online for them, and they're just... They're such cute little creatures that you wouldn't think would be bad, but, you know, they turn out that way. Right, and uh, how we got this idea is we were just talking, and you were talking about pup uh, wedgies, and you were were starting to describe them like, dude, we've heard all this before. We just call them a different name. Uh, Because we grew up with... We grew up with Dad telling us stories of Ishkabibbles. Yeah, and that was that was a, a fun thing, because when I initially did the research for this, I was planning on doing a uh, Monster of the Week tabletop game with uh, actually you and, you know, the whole family. Um, and as I was reading about them and doing some research on them, I was like, wow, these things legitimately are just puck wedgies without, like, the, the puck wedgies are legitimately Ishkabibbles, but the Ishkabibbles aren't tied to that uh, that Native American lore that they are. Right, because uh, the, the myths of the puck wedgies comes from the uh, East Coast down in Massachusetts. From, I want to say it's the central to southern coast. Uh, southeastern corner, I guess is what it is. Uh, Bristol County. Yeah, if you know a lot about the uh, puck wedgies, um, or uh, more specifically the Bridgewater Triangle, um, they're very much known in that sort of area of the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts. Right, because isn't Bristol County uh, one of the corners? Yes, uh, Bristol County is right in the bottom right corner. It's nestled right in that corner. And there's a lot of stuff around there that we could do a whole episode just on the Bridgewater Triangle and have it be two hours. There's a lot. Oh yeah, I've, I've definitely, I've definitely thought about it. Um, so the Pukwudgies—they originally come from the Native American tribe, and I can't speak the language, so I'm definitely gonna butcher this. But it's the Wampanoag, right? Uh, Wampanoag, I believe. Oh, Wampanoag. Uh, once again, so you're totally gonna butcher it because it's they made their first appearance in the oral folklore, I believe, and they and that that uh, Native American nation comes from Cape Cod, in fact. Yeah, and uh, if you actually look at our uh, our banner uh, for the podcast, you can see a picture of the puck wedgies, and they're they're mostly described uh, in the uh, verbal lore as uh, sort of goblin-like creatures with the uh, Native American head dressing and very uh, primitive uh, tools, knives, spears, uh, maybe simple bow and arrows, but that one I've even heard some different uh, arguments on whether or not they actually have the spears, like the bow and arrows, um, made. Mm-hmm. Right, so from, uh, from all my research on it, so they're about two to three feet tall, so they, they look much like our modern idea of uh, a troll or even 
uh, a hobbit, a gnome, the smaller of our mythological uh, creatures. And their, uh, their features are like their nose, their fingers, the ears are kind of enlarged and their skin is like gray or washed out smooth and sometimes it's even been known to glow yeah and i've i've read some some stories of it and i'm actually looking at some uh uh artistic representations and drawings of a pukwudgie and they're very much uh very much think of like your your elderly man and that's that's a lot of what they look like Mm -hmm. so when, when i was reading it um being a dad this is what like Reading the description as a dad, this is what popped in my head is those little trolls from Frozen. It's kind of what like they're describing. That's kind of what popped out. Yeah, and they have... I've seen a lot and read a lot about puck wedgies being um, almost porcupine-like to where they have this, the, the quills on their back that they will use as different weapons or their hair will be made of these quills. Um, but they're they're human, you know, humanoid. So, you know, in, in my reading, I was I came across this this article that was actually talking about them, and it was saying that originally they weren't even mean; they were very peaceful creatures. And then, um, they they start becoming kind of tormentous towards the Native Americans. Nothing like hurtful or harmful, really. Just mainly just mean pranks yeah i was reading that when they started to become more mean and we started to become more uh maleficent sort of creatures um it started out as your basic like fourth of july or not fourth of july but uh april fool's day pranks of stealing someone's water skin or taking crop or you know stuff like that to where it's very harmless um but they kind of escalated very quickly with uh taking bigger things and doing more things uh of that sort and then eventually they just became very aggressive after a while and there's not much history about them there's not much to tell about them um but what i have read has shown them as very peaceful in the beginning but they always escalate towards being uh being bad uh being hurtful so in my research, I actually came across uh, some old Native American legends that described how they became uh, quite uh, malicious towards the Wampanoag people. And it was, they were just very annoying. And so they asked one of their, their gods, uh, they, they prayed to her saying, please get rid of them, please get rid of them, they're annoying. She went to her husband uh, and he he cast them out of their lands far away and it took a while for them to start coming back but once they started coming back they were very angry towards the Native American people and uh, that's when they started becoming very malicious very uh, you step off the path you 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 know you go where you shouldn't they would definitely attack and they became very violent yeah yeah they're they're very i see them as more or less a tribe of people that was joking around but didn't know you know when to stop joking and then eventually it just turned into something bad you know they the native americans got fed up with it and so they did something about it 
And it's like that friend that goes a little too far a lot, and so you snap mm-hmm. at him, and then he just becomes horrible after that. Right. And, I mean, they were... They, you think about them, they're not very big, and they just kind of look a little goofy um, because they have very uh, large nose, ears, you know, their skin's gray. But they were very, very dangerous. Um, you know, they can manipulate people they can uh, appear and disappear they're even said to be able to transform into other animals but the biggest problem is they they possess a, they're said to possess uh, magical poison arrows and can create fire at will yeah and you know another thing that i read was they usually run in packs of four or five at any given moment to where you know you'd be walking down a forest path and all of a sudden you'd see one and think oh i could take this guy and then you've got four or five of them surrounding you and it's not like you know you can just kick them away and you'll be fine you know they're not a rabid dog but they're they're conscious and they're cognizant enough to you know be able to attack you where it hurts they're they're very trickster-esque right they uh they use these these lights to kind of like entice new victims to wander off into the woods so that they can kidnap or kill them uh these these orbs of light or, or energy really are known across the sea old european folklore as will of the wisps which i would definitely love to do an episode on another time yes um, that that would be great but they would they would use them to lure people in and i you know i've read some accounts and they every time like most of the accounts i've seen is they only ever see one and they kind of just realize like oh this thing's creepy and like back away and they're never really bothered no and the the only accounts that i've ever read where the puck wedgies really uh become evil or bad is when they're when they're provoked when they attack they're usually provoked so i read one uh an encounter that was uh that was everywhere really it was every every website that i um that i read off of it was uh it was about this guy he was out late one night uh walking his dog and his dog's like a german shepherd and so he's walking down this alleyway and his dog stops and just starts growling at a bush and he sees one of these uh one of these lights and so his dog is growling at this bush and out walks this little man. And so this guy is like, what the hell is this thing? You know, like you do. I mean, I think anyone would have that reaction. Um, but he, uh, his dog immediately starts growling and snarling and attacks this, this little man creature. Um, and like four or five of these little creatures jump out and start attacking this dog again you know start defending themselves against this dog so this guy pulls this dog away and runs as fast as he can and he you know he hears behind him these puck wedgies these little creatures laughing at him and you know he took his dog to the vet and the vet was saying you know these wounds that this dog had were very primal very primitive cuts you know made by stuff that you wouldn't really see today it wasn't clean it was rough and, uh, you know, no one ever really believed his story, you know, called him, calling him a crazy man, but I think a lot of people are more open-minded recently. 
Yeah, one of my uh, one of my favorite stories comes from Freetown, Massachusetts, which is very close to that area. The Freetown State Forest is in the Triangle, and so it was a uh, it was it was a cold morning in I want to say like April or May. This woman was walking her dog down a path in the forest, and uh, the dog uh, walked down the path and became very anxious and like straight a few feet into the woods so the woman followed him in and kind of stopped short her dog was laying completely flat in the leaves and uh on a rock about 10 feet away was a puck wedgie uh, she she described him looking uh kind of like a troll two feet high with pale gray skin hair on its arms and his head and it didn't seem that the Pukwudgie was wearing clothes, so it was difficult to tell um, uh, if he was wearing clothes because it was just kind of bulbous. Yeah. But, you know, she, she, was, she was close enough to describe his eye color as like a deep green. It had a, uh, large lips and a, a long, almost like canine nose. Uh, and the Pukwudgie just stood there watching her, you know, no expression. Like, it kind of was like stunned to see her. You know, she's frozen, and, you know, she she remembered thinking that the air in her lungs had been, like, pushed out, like she couldn't breathe. Uh, the dog finally came to and ran back towards the trail, and she was still holding the leash, so she gets dragged with it. Um, you know, and she, it's, it was stated that uh, the whole encounter only took less than, like, 30 seconds. But to this day, she still won't even go into the forest. But the crazy thing is, uh, the crazy part of the whole story, like the craziest thing to me, is three times since that event, she's woken up to find it looking in on her through her window. It's never attacked her or spoken to her, but she'll just wake up in the middle of the night and see it. But like, and you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's just a, it's a night terror, but she was fully awake and can move. So, I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, if I see any short little, uh, short little men w looking in at me through my windows, I am instantly out. And I mean, pack a bag, leave, and only visit the house during the day to pack my shit and get the fuck out. Dude, I live on the second floor. If I see anything in my window, I'm burning the whole building down. Burn it with fire. Kill the witch. Like, I see anything in my window or I'm out. That that forest, though, is very infamous for a lot of things. Um, not to really touch on it too much, but one of my favorite things that comes from the forest is uh, reports of a uh, red-eyed big black dog that people see in this forest. You know, and it, it's got a lot of different things inside of it, and we could probably do a ton of episodes on it you know it, it deserves its own section in our uh, in our library but uh those puck wedgies though they're not they're not super evil they're not ma uh, malevolent as you know you would think but they seem very much trickster you know they seem they like they seem like mm -hmm. they like to do to trick to get a laugh out of it you know before <laughs> not not torture not uh not scare, but just get a laugh out of it while they can, you know? So, you know, one of the more disturbing attacks that has happened 
numerous, numerous times uh, of where you see puck wedgies being very, very malevolent is in the Freetown State Forest, there's a 100-foot cliff overlooking a quarry that's uh, commonly known as the ledge. There have been many hauntings at this site, but most frequently is people will start to feel this overwhelming feeling to jump to the rocks and the water below. Um, in the old folklore of the Wampanoags, um, the Pukwudgies were known to lure people to cliffs and push them off to their death. And the thing is, is there's been several unexplained suicides at the ledge. Uh, from people that often didn't have signs of any sort of depression or mental illness before entering the forest. So, you know, there's a lot of times, like, there's a few stories where people see them and back away and leave, and they're not bothered by the puck wedgies. But then there's stories like that where it's, they're just minding their own business, and they just feel this urge to jump off this cliff. Yeah, and that's one thing that scares me a lot about all the stuff we talk about, you know, with with the monsters and the cryptids and the hauntings is you know i'm scared that i might be one of those people that uh that you know succumbs to these sort of things that you know if one of those things to where if you put it out in the universe it'll happen you know and i don't i don't think it would be fun no but you know discussing these things knowing the signs knowing the areas where these these creatures are said to be, you know, if you were like, hey, I'm going to go investigate the Bridgewater Triangle, well, if I get news that you're gone, obviously I know what did it, you know. And, oh, it's unexplained, he jumped off this cliff. Oh, well, shotgun I know my brother better than that. <laughs> I know what? my brother better than that. Jacob, if I ever go to investigate these places, or if I ever go to one of these places, and I suddenly die, you have full permission to raid my gun cabinet. Fair enough. Deal, because I'm taking them out. Here, puck wedgies, puck wedgies, puck wedgies. Come here, puck, 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 puck. Hucks. Hucks. Cocks shotgun with malicious tent. Can't fucking speak so, today. So the crazy thing is, is like, this, this area is predominantly where you see puck wedgies. But growing up in Idaho, we heard of very similar creatures, the Ishkabibbles. So the reason that I, we heard it here, because even my wife has never heard of them before getting with me, you know, it's because as settlers moved west and stuff like that, they brought a lot of myths and legends with them. But there were still sightings of puck wedgie like creatures in Minnesota. And so they were obviously called Ishkabibbles. And uh, our grandpa, his family is from Minnesota. When he came here, he told dad about the Ishkabibbles, and it's just been passed on since. Like, it was just crazy growing up hearing about these things, and we always just thought it was dad just being goofy and silly, when really it's, it's an old myth and legend. Yeah, and it was it was kind of crazy to, you know, do research about it because there's not I don't think I found a single thing online about an Ishkabibble. It's all word of mouth. You know, and I, I dug pretty deep. Mm -hmm. But it, it's kind of crazy to hear it coming from, you know, your family and your side of the family, you know, of these little creatures that are very much like the puck wedgies and going, Man, 
did this pass down from generation to generation to generation to me? Right. Um, because that is the the Wampanoag way, too, that was word of mouth. A lot of their stories, their legends and everything were were oral. Mm-hmm. So it gets it, it gets passed down through all these generations, and it always just seems like a fun little kid's story. But that's kind of the point of this podcast, is we have a lot of common uh, beliefs about things, or, you know, like, eventually, in an episode, I will ruin the truth about Santa. You know, a lot of our common stories and our beliefs and our traditions stem from somewhere else, and it's crazy, because you, you would never in a million years think oh well that's where it came from that makes sense now that i think about it yeah yeah it's it's kind of crazy and i think i think let's uh start going into uh, ishka bibbles a little bit more because i know that you probably had a different version of ishka bibbles than what i was told okay so uh the biggest joke with ishka bibbles growing up is we'd go drive over a cattle guard and we'd be told to pick your feet up you know, and you got to go fast over to the cattle guards, otherwise Ishkabibbles were gonna catch onto the bottom of your car with their with their claws and take them somewhere else, or they'll claw out the bottom of the car and you don't want to keep your feet there. You know, I mean, really, outside of cattle guards, we didn't really hear too much about them. They were just small creatures that uh, sharp claws and you know, kind of trickstery and. All these things. So really, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of description about Ishka Bibbles that came from uh, mom and dad. But, you know, when you're talking about it, originally mentioning that, oh, they are very trickstery. They are, you know, this big and black hair. And, you know, that's just kind of how I always pictured them. And then when you said something, I'm like, oh, that's where that comes from. Yeah, and as... You know, as I started to get older, you know, when I was a kid, I would hear small stories and stuff like that about, you know, the, the Ishka Bibbles. And I would hear stuff about them with, you know, dad or mom or make jokes with you guys, you know, you and Shelby. Um, but I would I would always think, what do these things look like? And I remember asking dad one night. I don't know where it came from, but I just have this clear memory in my head of asking dad, what do Ishka Bibbles look like? And he described perfectly Puckwudgies. And I was like, well, shit, we got Puckwudgies, bros. Right, and I kind of remember mom and dad describing them, but I didn't really have that same fascination to ask. To me, it was just my entire life. It was like, oh, pick your feet up. Oh, we're coming over to Cattle Guard. You know, it was more of just like a family joke uh, for the longest time. And... You know, I didn't really think anything of it because nobody else I knew had ever heard of Ishkabibbles. And so, to me, it was it was just like, I thought it was like a little family inside joke. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it was for me for a while there, was just a little thing, a little joke, something that Dad would say to, mm-hmm. you know, like dads do, scare kids. Um, his kids, specifically. Um, but I would always hear you guys joking about it and stuff like that but i always had that interest that you guys never had when it came to you know dad or what he said because i was just (laughs) don't want to say it but i think i might have been his favorite oh dude we said it for years that you were his favorite 
And I will forever be, bitch. Your mom's favorite. Don't even talk shit. Uh, I, I'm so mom's favorite. But, you know, it, it's just... I, I think I was really the only person that actually asked him what they look like. Um, but yeah, it was just... It was it was just crazy to, to hear you describe them. You know, talk about puck wedgies. And I'm like, oh, it's... It's insane because that just... That's exactly what I knew from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it... It was kind of jarring when I first initially started researching them. It really was... It was hard for me to... To kind of find information on puck wedgies. Um, but after a while, I was like, man... The more I look into it, the more I read... Ishka Bibbles are more of a, a simpler version of puck wedgies. Because there was one thing that... I, uh, I read about Puckwidgies is that they usually live in caves or darker holes, and what's a cattle guard but just a cave with a grate, grate over it? Or a hole with a grate over it? But, yeah, it's, it's insane. But the thing is, is with us, it, it was just like a family joke. It was a family story, so of course we didn't have the same information as the Wampanoags, which they have a very oral tradition. Moving the settlers moving out west and settling down and continuing to move west and to have as strong of an oral tradition. And so we lost a whole lot of the information and then it just kind of became of, oh, watch your feet, you know, a little family joke. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, there's a lot of online stuff about different cryptids or different creatures being very similar to each other. Um, and I think it's all just word of mouth. Sometimes it moves to a different area. But sometimes you hear about these different cryptids that are from completely opposite sides of the world that have been told for centuries and centuries before, you know, settlers even came to that region. And it's almost like maybe these things might be true in some way because they're damn near the exact same thing but the stories were being told at the exact same time in opposite parts of the world. Right. Such as, you know, the puck wedgies are actually really quite similar to uh, dwarves. And uh, in Irish mythology, in fact, they are rather quite similar to the fae. Because, um, you know, like, we think now is... Uh, Fairies, we think like Tinkerbell and all this stuff, but really the favor just malicious and all these things. The you know one of the biggest ones that really quite resembles the puck wedgies is the leprechaun, which we all think leprechaun now is pot of gold, rainbow, oh so joyous, but really I mean in the actual stories. Uh, leprechauns are very, very malicious. Like, just very deadly, murderous. Uh, they're not the happy-go-lucky, like, you go to Ireland and you see one, you stay away. Yeah, they're not your mama's lucky charms. They're, they're very drawn and quarter killers. They, they like to fuck with people just like the Puckwood used to, you know, and in sometimes very deadly ways oh yeah extreme the fae were very dangerous and that's definitely another episode for another time uh i could i could honestly just sit here and go on and on about uh 
about Irish mythology and the Fae because it's that one's always just captured my imagination. Um, but if you think of other things such as the dwarf, they they are also they look just like pukwudgies. They're short, uh, bulbous. Uh, I mean, they're they're a lot friendlier. Uh, they do seem to avoid human contact, but just their physical description, they look a lot like puck wedgies, but once again, they were on opposite sides of the world at times where they wouldn't have, the cultures wouldn't have interacted enough to be like, oh, hey, we have those, they're dwarves. Yeah, yeah, the cultures, it was very hard to get information back and forth in those days, uh, unless it was one guy telling a story every town for you know an entire country it was it was hard for information to get around especially back then and so you know these stories that sound very similar or are damn near carbon copies of each other makes you wonder oh absolutely like if they're like one-off stories it's kind of to me it's just like yeah okay maybe they this is what they saw or this is what they did uh you know, the, the cryptids I don't normally pay attention to, the stories I don't normally pay attention to, are more of the the river monsters. You know, uh, like Champ, um, there's another one down south. Uh, all over, especially the United States, we have one in Idaho, actually, the Bear Lake Monster. They perfectly resemble Nessie. Their whole description, everything just perfectly resembles Nessie and to me it's just kind of like um I don't know it's only been a couple sightings and these are popular places you would think that there'd be a, a few more than that yeah you know at least with the Loch Ness monster it kind of has that whole it's a big lock kind of thing where it's you know it could hide in all these tunnels and caves so it couldn't be seen for you know years and years and years but with these other monsters, it's sort of like someone saw Nessie and went, ooh, that'd be fun to make, a, make up a story about here. Yeah, scare the kids, scare uh, drunk teenagers, you know, that, that kind of thing. And the thing is, is the description of Nessie is, it looks like a dinosaur leftover. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, which is, is very possible because, you know, there's a lot of animals nowadays like... Uh, well, we probably shouldn't even get into it. That's a whole episode in and of itself. Right, right, right. Uh, but this uh, this has been fun talking about puck wedgies. I've really, I've really enjoyed myself. They're they're a very interesting and very cool uh, concept to have, you know, especially with uh, with what what they represent as tricksters in this sort of uh, day and age of you know these these little tricksters that like to uh, not wreak havoc but just have these deadly jokes mm-hmm. so if you're ever in the freetown state forest guys stay stay away you guys see a little bulbous thing it's it's not a leprechaun these are dangerous creatures back away slowly you know that's information is yeah, don't key. don't take its pot of gold no. it doesn't want goo you know, part of the reason why we do this podcast, not just because we love talking about these things, we love researching these things, which we do, a lot of it is, it's information. You know, you go out, uh, 
in the forest of Massachusetts, you go out into the forest down the south. It's you need this information because you see these things stay away. Yeah, you know, and a lot of us, a lot of us live our lives under the assumption that these things aren't real or these things could never exist. But you never really know what's out there. We've only ever explored roughly seventy percent of our entire world. You know, so there's a lot that that mm -hmm. could be out there that we just have no freaking clue what it is. Well, most of it that we haven't explored is the oceans. That is why I hate the ocean. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, give us a like, uh, subscribe, uh, let us know how we did. Yeah. Um, I believe we should have socials up uh, very soon, depending on when. Uh, that happens. I'll put it in the uh, episode description for you guys. Um, but yeah, give us a download. Uh, it helps us out. It lets our podcast get out there a little more. If you liked it, uh, please give a like. Tell your friends about us. Uh, we're starting small, so <laughs> yeah. all the help we can get. You guys have any questions uh, about Puck Wedgies or have any pictures or hey you, you have some ideas of something you guys would like to listen to leave it on our socials um and also if you guys are more into ghost ghouls and hauntings check out our other podcast paranormal bros yeah that's that's a sister podcast we do uh where it's just the two of us um talking about haunted uh haunted locations and uh, the ghost that resides in them um well, i guess uh thank you guys for listening not gonna do an outro all right the outro music should start right about now